Hey team, welcome back to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR wing. We're in the studio today with Tech Sergeant Joe. Yep. How's it going? And we're here with Dr. Jerry. Yep. And this is uh, Dr. Reed. And uh, start off today with talking about a little bit of news. We had some good news in our team this week. And yes. I'd like to share that. You took a, Joe, a I historical took... last WAPS test. Yes, because I always get the best test dates that they ever give out, which nice. was like the first, like I think I got the second day of test cycle. Um, and so, yes, this will be the last WAPS testing I should ever take for my career. The irony was not lost on our team yesterday as we were reading yes. the announcement that WAPS testing is ending for senior NCOs, and there you yes. were slaving away, taking your test. As I the literally, came out. yeah, I literally walked out, and my phone was like, ka-ding, no right? Because I didn't have my phone on me. <laughs> yeah. And then I looked at it, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, Congratulations, you took the last WAPS test. I did take the last WAPS test. So, but that's exciting. I think that that's a great move. Um, for the Air Force, I really believe that um, there's value in the testing, but I, I think that Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, Chief Wright, is definitely uh, on the right track um, with making sure that the promotion selection is is a is a little better. Exciting changes, yeah. yeah. Lots going on. Lots going on. Lots of details from his his visit around the Air Force, and uh, but the the good news doesn't stop there. Fortunately. No. Uh, Dr. Jerry got some outstanding news yesterday, the product of a couple of years of pretty intense and hard work. Yeah, yeah, since even before I joined the 363rd ISR wing, I can now say I am a board-certified counseling psychologist. Ooh, congratulations. So add, thank you. Get to add a few more letters to my name, and uh, hopefully that comes across in the products that we do here, but uh, thank you for, for that recognition. No, no problem. It is always exciting to kind of share the successes of your team members, and uh, and I hope you guys get that opportunity to, to celebrate with people the good news that are happening in their life. It's a, it's a, it does great things for teams, and it, uh, it promotes loyalty and kind of all the best values that we espouse as airmen. So uh, really excited for some of those things. But that is neither here nor there as we are getting into the topic for the week. Um, Jerry, you've been doing some reading recently. As it you know, often occurs, you bring in some of the ideas from your reading. And so you wanted to talk yeah. to us to, uh, about stuff related to parenting today. Yes. So um, as a board certified. Oh, my God. Here it, <laughs> here it comes. Here it comes. It took like three seconds. <laughs> I, I felt it was incumbent upon myself to You're stay up to, live this down. to date. You with are the, the most, most intelligent person in the room. Oh, yes, please. Dr. Walker, we know. Okay, I'll put that aside. Uh, but I, I, I was uh, on, the, on the book face this morning, and I saw an article on parenting. And um, it was interesting. It, it, the headline, of course, as they always do, grabbed my attention. Uh, and so I clicked on the link and... Sure enough, I um, you know, found myself reading something that I think a lot of us can align with is that we have a we are raising a um, generation of children who um, are all about instant gratification. Whether that be they want their snacks now, they want their uh, electronic device now, and a lot of times we find ourselves giving into them, um, not necessarily because. Uh, of their needs, but also because of our needs. And so I was hoping we could talk about from, you know, the parenting aspect, what are those motivations that, um, you know, we have and they have and how they sometimes conflict with each other in that regard? Yes. Well, I will tell you from my experience that my wife often doesn't differentiate her work with respect to, uh, well, that I'm just essentially one more child in the house that she has to parent. <laughs> so I'm not sure that there's all that much difference between me and my children with respect to instant gratification, because I recognize that a lot of times um, 
I am interested, particularly after a long day at work or after some event that I am looking to pacify myself. Sure. And I'm willing to steer away from goal-directed kind of behavior just to, you know, I, I will admittedly watch an episode of Game of Thrones or, mm. or do just about uh, anything to avoid parenting just because of, you know, I'm, I'm up to my neck already at that point and I need some space. Um, and I can't say that I always choose constructive or um, deliberate things to kind of... Sure. I, I, th I think um, all of us at parents have, uh, at some point are guilty of this. Certainly I did yesterday. Like I came home from work and um, I just, I was tired. I was exhausted. My kid wanted attention. And right now my wife, um, who's a nurse, is working nights. Or, so, or, or I should say the mid-shift. So she's gone by the time I get home. It's me and the kiddo. And he's like, oh, daddy, 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 wants attention. And I'm just like, kid, I'm exhausted. Like you've had your social interaction for the day. <laughs> you know, can we just sit and be calm for a second? Here's your electronic device, watch your videos, and daddy's just going to veg out for, you know, an hour or how long. Um, and so I think both of us needed that, that instant gratification right. at that moment. Now, I will say some redeeming portion of this. Um, we did put down our electronic devices later. We went outside and we played at the park. We played with his blocks and his trains and things like that. So I was still connected with them. I was still engaged. But for at least that point in time, like, I didn't want to. Um, and I feel like I have some guilt um, as yeah. a parent about that yeah. because I feel like um, maybe there's something I should be doing differently. Right. Like I, I shouldn't just sit my kid down in front of a, a screen for you know, any period of time. Like that somehow makes me a bad parent. What do you guys well, think about Well, there's that? a reason why you didn't detach from your kid for three or four hours, you know, mm. why you cut it off at one. And I guess that's kind of, you said you were shooting on yourself to kind of get yeah. back into doing. I suspect you also wanted to uh, connect with your son and do oh, that yeah. stuff. But sometimes, sometimes it is just, it's the guilt that brings us back. You know, it's one of those moral emotions that brings us back to uh, what we think is right, uh, that, yeah. that puts us on a corrective path. Yeah, I find it very difficult. There's several times where I'm single parenting it, spouses deployed or, you know, underwear or whatever, and you just get to this point where things need to get done you know, and they necessarily don't want to help you with that, right? You know, I have a four-year-old. Uh, I don't see him doing chores anytime soon, right. you know. I mean, he cleans his room, but that's about it. But, you know, and so there's this moment where you're just like, you know what? Like, here you go. Mm -hmm. Here's the device. You know, sit on the couch for a few minutes. Uh, be calm. Be quiet. Exactly. <laughs> I try to, you know, because there's a lot of parent shaming out there. You know, like when you're in public and you see kids just on a lot of devices, it's mm -hmm. quick to come to a judgment about that. And where you'll see parents who are who take this holier than thou attitude, mm -hmm. like, well, we don't give our kids any screen time. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, I react with some, well, so mixed mixed feelings. But when I hear that, like when I hear people who've come up with really sophisticated and elaborate programs to minimize their kids' screen time, I'm like, dang, that's incredible. That's some great mm -hmm. parenting. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Like, <laughs> I, like yeah, I don't have right. the energy or emotional or mental wherewithal to to sit down and hammer that out. But I'm always a little envious, um, you know. But then I have to stand, sit back and be like, well, what? What's the balance? Mm -hmm. What's the appropriate balance? Yeah, I, I find that, you know, like the my kids know that the work week is a is a mad dash to the weekend. Right. Mm -hmm. And we have a very good routine um, that we follow. And sometimes there's little treats in there along the way, whether it's a piece of candy. So my son will put his shoes on. You know, there's a little bribery going on. Right. Maybe a gummy snack to get in the car, um, you know, 
but I think it helps to keep the routine going. But then they know come the weekend, then we usually do something that's more connected as a family. I mean, we, mm -hmm. we intentionally make sure that we have meals together. We have breakfast together. Yeah. We have dinner together. Um, you know, and so those are still happening. I ask them about their day. But as far as like when that's those areas are done, sometimes it's like, okay, ready, break. Everybody get their tasks done. Get prepared for the next day. Get mm -hmm. your butts in bed. Right. And then... And then go to sleep to do it all over again. I will just say, um, on the weekends, I will freely admit to, yes, it is a mad dash to the weekend, but sometimes those weekends do not look glorious. Sometimes those <laughs> weekends look like lazing around. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Sometimes that's needed. But sometimes, uh, you know, the objective might be to get dressed and mm -hmm. get out of the house <laughs> and do something. And, and we are just kind of sitting around. Uh, and I'm not super proud of that. I recognize that sometimes it's needed. But... I'm worried and I'm really, I'm, I'm glad that we have a board certified counseling psychologist here yes. to talk us through this. But um, when is that too much? And when am mm -hmm. I just becoming deconditioned? And when am, I, when am I actually helping my kids to be deconditioned so that we actually have less ability to regulate our emotions and our, and our tolerances? And how do we get back on track? That is a great point. And, and I love that you brought um, up that question because it, it speaks to this concept of instant gratification. And we are in a, a culture where that is now the norm. We can access information anytime, anywhere. We can go to you know, a number of different fast food chains and get food you know, within five minutes a lot of times um, you know, for very little money. And so we've become accustomed to getting what we want when we want it uh, almost right away. We even get, you know, one day or same day shipping a lot of times for the things that we order mm -hmm. online. And so it becomes this expectation. And I think somehow that's started to trickle down now to our kids because they see mommy and daddy are, are used to getting what they want when they want it. Mm -hmm. Now I should have that same expectation. And a lot of times we give in to that, you know, um, kids keep begging for a snack and, and, you know, between meals and we're like, fine, here, do you take your gummy bears and, you know, or whatever sugary snack and just leave me alone. And they, instead of learning, learning how to deal with being told no and uh, how to self-regulate some of those emotions, they just get what they, what they want. And so, um, you know, if this goes on for too long, our kids can grow up feeling entitled, not knowing how to deal with boredom mm -hmm. um, and feeling like that they should just be entertained all the time, like they should just be having fun all the time. Um, if they're not having fun, then something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Or if they're, they're bored, then, you know, somebody's got to do something differently to make them uh, be having fun. And so that falls or that comes back on us as the parents because now our kids don't know how to entertain themselves um, or to deal with these negative emotions. So they come to mom and dad and now we're expected to hammer that out for them. And what do we do? We say, leave me alone. Here's your screen. Mm -hmm. Or we give them, you know, good or bad attention. Maybe we True. give them the attention that they're craving or maybe we, and I'll say I, have become so deconditioned as a parent that I'll just get animated and agitated when my kids are, you know, after me like, hey, dad, let's go do this. Or, hey, dad, let's go do that. I feel so, like, shameful as I'm saying this. <laughs> but and if, so if I get angry, agitated or, or whatever, experience some kind of unpleasant emotion, they're still playing me like mm -hmm. the video game, right? They're yeah. still getting mm -hmm. the stimulation that they're looking for, whether or not I'm giving them uh, the attention that they really want or that they think they want, they're still getting something from me, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm probably betraying 
my values and my goals and sort of my best aspirations for myself. So the key here is to just be emotionally available to your kids. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us fall into the trap where once we get that kid calm and engaged in their screen time, we will do the same ourselves, whether we're on our, mm -hmm. our phone or computer or, or watching TV, because that's our, our decompression time. Mm -hmm. And if we get too engaged in that, then we're no longer um, allowing ourselves to be emotionally available to our kids. And um, yeah, I feel guilty every now and then. I mean, this happens all the time when I'm sitting with my boy, we're both watching our respective screens, right? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden he'll right look up- Right next to each other. Right next to each other. Yep. And we're cuddling up. And I feel like in some ways it's good quality yep. time, but then, I start to doubt that because he'll turn his head up and look at me and go, Dada? And I'm like, hey, buddy. And then he'll you know, point to the screen and he'll be like, dog, cat, or something like that. And I realized I am not engaged at all. Right. Mm -hmm. He, you know, and, and part of his mind, he feels like, you know, I should be involved in this with him, but I'm totally not. Um, and so I think that's where part of the guilt plays in. And so I think, you know, there, there don't necessarily need to be hard and fast rules like, you know, it's one hour screen time a day. I think we need to draw the, the line where we determine is this activity taken away from our ability to emotionally engage um, with our kids and to teach them productive coping and social skills. So can I ask a question? Because uh, you, you can kind of look and see how a lot of this kind of plays out in the same way that we see other addictions playing out, right? Mm -hmm. Like... Uh, we become so poor dependent. at coping or dependent um, on some kind of outside substance sure. or, you know, media to help us regulate our emotions. And usually, like just taking the example of alcohol, usually uh, copious amounts of alcohol use or problematic alcohol use usually results in some kind of social or occupational dysfunction, right, that other people can see. But if other people are kind of doing the same thing too, mm -hmm. it's it, it can kind of mask that. So I guess I'm yeah. kind of asking the crowd here. In your experience, what are those kind of uh, what are the warning signs or what are the what are the red flags that like whoa I should probably check myself? Here. I think a good parallel to that is uh, video game addiction. Okay. Yeah. So mm -hmm. because we're we're kind of talking about the same things, and if you think about the way that we're uh, a lot of us are raising our kids. There is a potential for them to basically translate that screen time into a different t kinds of, uh, of screen time when they're um, young adults. And I think at this more severe end of the spectrum, so we're not talking about everybody who enjoys video games, right? Okay. But the more severe end of the spectrum, you got people who begin to essentially self-isolate. And they no longer develop a lot of those more adaptive social skills that um, we would expect to see in, in normal society. Not that people are, you know, have to be extroverted and outgoing and, and you know, going to parties every weekend, but um, they lose the ability to hold conversations with other people and how to manage some of the, the more troublesome emotions like sadness and anxiety and anger to where they feel like they can't navigate those, those social situations very well and will just prefer to shun themselves um, from, from other folks. And I think that closes them off to a lot of um, what could be really positive reinforcement. I know for me, one way that I gauge with the kids and their electronics is when I ask them to put it down. Mm. What is the behavior that then follows? Yeah. Uh, a lot of times if my son gets crazy, when I'm, when I, even when I'm just like, hey, put the electronic device down and uh, you know, like let's, let's go do something together or help me cook dinner or something, depending on his behavior or my daughter's behavior, I can tell really quickly that like, we either need to shut it down for a longer period of time. Yeah. Um, because sometimes, I mean, full on tantrums. 
Yeah. They don't it just it's, and it, it's almost like this withdrawal. It's this insane right. process. And then you really ask yourself, right. was this worth the fight? Like I chose to tell him to put this down. <laughs> right. But in your head, you're like, I can't now reward him back with it. Right. Absolutely. So you do get stuck I in don't this think conundrum. I don't think it's a you said withdrawal. And I think that's exactly what it is. I worked yeah. in an inpatient uh, psychiatric uh, a substance abuse uh, unit for many years. And a lot of the behaviors that you see there are really similar, mm -hmm. you know, frighteningly similar to what we see from our kids. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, um, if I turn the, the, the glass of introspection on myself, like I'm sure that that's what happens to me as well. I just don't have other big people in my life pointing <laughs> out, you know, mm -hmm. necessarily all of my flaws when you try to take away my electronic device. Mm -hmm. or So kids are at a distinct disadvantage in that way that they've got a bunch of adults who are um, analyzing their behavior. But like, how do we know for ourselves mm -hmm. that uh, when when we, you know, like when we put that, well, we have to put the cell phone away yeah. uh, at, and have a dinner conversation, like, and we're less facile in that conversation because we're so unpracticed at it. Like, mm -hmm. What are the red flags for us? I, I think it comes down to the utility of, of that particular modicum. So, you know, are we using this electronic uh, device because we're bored? Yeah. or because we're feeling a certain way and we need a distraction, or are we doing it because we actually enjoy it? So, um, yeah, I would say I would rather my kid be addicted to going outside or to, mm -hmm. you know, playing with me, right? right, right. Um, at his age, he's two. I think that's appropriate. Maybe, you know, not if he's 17. Yeah. But, um, but I'd rather him be, um, quote-unquote, addicted to that versus to a screen. And I, I would hope that he's he comes to view this as... Um, divertment as a source of entertainment and fun, but not necessarily something that he needs in order to self-regulate. Right. So what you're advocating for is for a more mindful use of yes. these kinds of electronics, like really examining what are our motivations mm -hmm. in the same way that we ask people who are maybe struggling with weight management to eat more mindfully, right? Like, mm -hmm. can, can you talk to yourself right now about what your motivations are for putting that, you know, um, high calorie, less than nutritive piece of food in your mouth? Um, and, you know, if it's because you're bored or experiencing some kind of other emotion and this is just the way that you've learned to regulate, mm -hmm. well, then can, can you perhaps be more mindful about it in order to uh, enable yourself to make a different set of decisions? And so, so well, I have an interesting question then because we're talking about helping them self-soothe and cope, right, and not maybe relying on that from your electronic device. But I know in my household, good behavior will be rewarded with an electronic device. Mm -hmm. And so or like you get time. So is that, re am I creating a situation where I'm encouraging the electronic device because that, you know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's no, no you're, on the, you're on the right track, absolutely. And um, this is actually very similar to people who were, were rewarded with food growing up. Mm. Um, they develop, an, they can develop an unhealthy relationship with food and, and essentially uh, experience some of these same type of addictive behaviors. And if you guys are getting turned off by the fact that we're using the, the terms addiction when it comes to the screen time, I just want to emphasize that there's a, an area of our brain, um, we call it the reward pathway, but more specifically, uh, the venture tegmental area, the VTA, that deals a lot with reward and reinforcement. Mm -hmm. And this same area is activated in all kinds of behavioral addictions, whether we're talking about substances or uh, video games or any number of different mm -hmm. things. Gambling. Yeah, exactly. There are things that we do that we enjoy, and they activate this reward pathway in our brain. And when that gets reinforced over and over again, and we find that it helps to override some of the negative emotions that we have, that's where addiction really starts to happen. So 
plausibly you could become addi addicted to pretty much any set of behaviors mm -hmm. if, it, if it activated this area. And I think marketers and computer programmers and developers are of course savvy to this and oh, as, I, yes, as I play video games today and to compare them to the video games that I played as a child, like the amount of behavioral science that goes into video game development these days and the reinforcement um, patterns that they're develop, you know, building into these are, are crazy and they're, and they're super potent, like a, you know, a super potent kind of heroin. And I think you know, when, you go, when you look at like lab studies of rats when they're essentially given the um, opportunity to ev either stimulate the pleasure sensors of their brain mm -hmm. or have food or do any other kind of activity, they'll hit the button to stimulate that pleasure sensor of their brain to, the, to their detriment, essentially mm -hmm. until they die, right? So they'll give themselves that dopamine hit mm -hmm. um, over all other kind of behavior, even survival behaviors to the point that they die. And, and then if that's too dramatic of an example for you, just maybe you can see sort of a scaled back version of that in your lives that we're willing to forgo a lot of things, mm -hmm. including rewarding experiences with people that we love, you know, that we cherish and you know, share values and goals and dreams with. Um, in a kind of automatic, unconscious way, just to kind of pacify ourselves and you sure. know, go through our day and just mm -hmm. sort of have some level of ease and enjoyment. It, yeah, and it, it comes back to that need for, for reinforcement of that particular area in our brain. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I can tell you many times where I have subverted Maslow's hierarchy of needs because mm -hmm. uh, there are other things I wanted to pursue. Like, you know, in college, I would go out and stay up late partying and everything when I, what I really needed and wanted was sleep at the time. Yeah. But that, that social need was more important. And there are times now as I've gotten older where that's way less important. And uh, maybe I'd just rather stay in and, and you know watch TV or play video games. So yeah, I think we need to, like you're saying, um, Dr. Reed, we need to be cognizant of our motivations for these things and the kind of functional role that they're playing, um, not just in our lives, but in our kids as well, especially as we're trying to train them in young, young adult, as young adults to be able to handle um, some of these more complex issues themselves and make the right choices when it comes to um, taking care of their own social and emotional needs. Yeah, and this is just another, again, a really good area to kind of just take a look at what your routine is, figure out if a change or maybe a modification is necessary, um, but if it's working and you guys are healthy and happy, and it's good. Yeah, great discussion today, guys. I think you know, yeah. we're advocating for a more mindful use of mm -hmm. these uh, of these kinds of, of media or you know whatever the case may be. But great discussion, great insights. We want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to the podcast, uh, the Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing, and we'll catch you next time. Later.